All right, what's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Bordello. It's episode 235. We're back outside. I'm here with D'Lo. First time in a couple of weeks that he and I have potted together. I'm back from my trip from Ireland. Uh, I was a good boy. I didn't smoke any cigarettes while I was there except for one. I had a birthday fag. On the day of my birth, I, I smoked a cigarette at Croke Park when we went to watch the Gaelic football. My dad doesn't smoke, but he's a smoker on vacation, so he bought a pack of Marlboro Lights which are the best cigarettes you can smoke. And they, they were very expensive. They're very expensive over in Ireland. They, they, they taxed the fuck out of them. I don't know. It was, they're not cheap. It's not a cheap habit to take on. I'm proud to say I've barely smoked it all this summer. Delo's smoking a cigarette right now on the pod behind the screen. You might see smoke appear. You sabotage me. In front of the camera, like in some Scorsese movie, like in Taxi Driver, you know? But I, uh, no, I'm trying not to smoke anymore. It's, uh, it's not good for you. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm proud to say I, I, I've been trying to, you know, not do it at all, despite the fact that it is summer. I'll be going to Miami next month. Not to fucking keep coming at you guys, like bragging about all the places I'm going. It's, I don't want to go to these places. I have a girlfriend, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conjugal obligation to go on these trips, which I don't enjoy at all. I definitely, you know, I, I do not enjoy these at all, being held against my will to go to sunny Miami. It is, it is nice. It is nice to have a... Because, you know, I wouldn't treat myself if not for her. She'd say, uh, what are we doing? Like, are we just going to never go anywhere? Are we going to die one day? It's, you know, they kind of keep you accountable. It's good. I would never go away by my own volition on vacation. It takes having, like, a good lady to say, hey, you need a break. And I'm like, I really don't think I'm working as hard as I should be. And she's like, no, you need a break. We need a break. It's good for us. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. And I go down. I'm like, oh, you know, this is, this is kind of nice, you know. It's nice fucking 30 degrees all the time, fucking eating tacos. Not being as productive as I feel I should be. But she's like, no, it's good. It's good. You know, it's. Throw, throw a podcast. Sorry. Sorry. You film a podcast during the, the vacation and you feel like you did your work. Yeah. I bring the mics everywhere, bro. Just so that so that three hundred people can walk in, <laughs> see me see me yell about <laughs> about the airport experience. All I do when I go on these fucking vacation pod when I go when I run these vacation pods when I go on holiday is I just yell about the airports usually, or the I, I don't think I did last week in the Ireland. Hmm? The hotels. The hotels. Yeah. Um. So I I recorded the last episode the day that we arrived at a bed and breakfast, and um as you'd expect. A bed and breakfast is just not the place that you want to be with your father. It's it's just not. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's the vibe, the decor. I think it's more to do with the energy. Okay? So, what I mean by that is, a and b has a very particular energy to it. Um, where, like, it's expected that you will have breakfast. I don't have breakfast. I intermittent fast. So, I wake up in the morning on the one day that we're there. And I decide, you know what? I will break the fast early I'll eat breakfast this morning get this fucking bed and breakfast we had an early lunch the night before I was being a bitch not having any drinks I'm like no no calories I'm gonna, I'm gonna have breakfast I'm hyping myself up for the Irish breakfast and my father and I are sitting down dude and there's something about this is what I mean when I say the energy is weird in a bed and breakfast it's very quiet they have music playing but it's like it's like piano music real soft 
you know, in a very quiet dining room, white linens overlooking the water, darkish outside, a little bit of sun peeking through. Um, you're in this really old building and you've got these like Irish guys all around you speaking to the waiter, the waitress, who's this older lady eating their breakfast and it's very quiet and the whole thing is a very strange audio sensory experience okay so i'm sitting at the table with my father and 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 i'm realizing he's not actually privy to this he's not noticing any of what's going on i'm the only one who's kind of looking around observing this and i'm like are you fucking getting this are you am i am i losing my mind he's like no what are you talking about like the fucking you know You'll have an Irish guy. Oi, May, good morning. Yes. They all speak very soft and very sweet, dulcet tones. But in this very quiet room, it kind of creates like an ambiance, a particular ambiance that's almost like ASMR like, and it's not comfortable because it's too early for ASMR. ASMR is a nighttime thing. It's ASMR in the morning. And there's a guy talking to the waiter, and he goes to get his coffee. Here's tea. And you hear it across the room. You hear the slurp. You hear the slurp, and you hear a guy like eating a scone. Like you hear, and I'm hearing all this, right? And my father's kind of like, mm, it's nice. Because my father's 58. He's an older guy. He's a middle-aged guy. So he's not like, he doesn't have the same piss and vinegar that I had. He's a little more chill. And he's like, no, look at this, Sammy. And he, and he has a d- deeper voice too. So he's kind of adding to the vibe, right? He's like, look at this, Sam, Sammy. Look at this. Look at this spread. They bring out like croissants and stuff. He starts eating croissant. Mm, scones. Very good. Take some juice. Mm, juice is good. Fresh. And I'm just thinking, I'm in hell right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like just the experience of all of these men eating around me in a very quiet environment, kind of enjoying it a little too much. But in a way that they're, they're trying to be subtle, they're not trying to be, they're just sort of, they're enjoying it in a way that's subtle, but, but, but. it was a lot. It was a lot. So I complained about the hotels, but not about the airport. Fine. No, it was a good time. I mean, but again, so, but I did not smoke much while I was there. Uh, and I will not be doing that because it's not good. I play Division Six soccer now, seven low, seven levels lower in the pyramid than I was playing last year. And the guys on my team, I've realized, don't care. I have to run a lot. I have to run a lot. I run for the whole game, and I realized I can't be doing this. I can't be doing this to my body. I can't be smoking cigarettes. It's not good for you. And um, like, you know, so so last week. Last week, my tune changed, all right? So, we have a game at 9 o'clock last week. And it's on a Sunday. We're burning the night to go play this fucking game. And we show up to the field, and it's not raining outside. It's not... Let me just say, I want to make that clear. It's not raining. There's like a little bit of precipitation coming from the sky for brief periods of a few seconds at a time, and then it just like it, it disperses, it goes away. It is not raining. There are no clouds over the field, but we're playing at Benevol, which you'll know. You're so it's it's along the highway, and you could see like 500 kilometers down onto the horizon. It's just a totally open plain that you're playing on. You're looking down the fucking highway. There's no trees or vegetation around you to kind of cloud or like block out what's in the sky. So you could see everything for miles, hundreds of miles. You could see the sky. And the rule is that technically if you see lightning, you have to pause the game for like 30 minutes. And if after 30 minutes it has not, you know, 
continued, then you can resume the game. And those 30 minutes are coming out of the game. And if half the game has been played, then the game has been, you know, it's, va it's validated. It's, you know, it's, it's sanctioned. Um, yeah. So we show up. And the referee, here's the fucking problem. Here's what, and guy, if you're a competitive player and you're younger, you're listening to this and you're thinking, my friends are playing in a lower division, they're playing Sunday League, I might go play with them. Don't do it. Don't make the mistake of playing with your friends. Meet strangers, play with the Algerians who are skilled, who are like in your area. Oh, you know, I'm going to fight you for the fucking, for the fucking penalty, but I'm good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're playing in a toxic environment where everyone thinks they're the shit. Play higher level soccer if you can. Don't go down a level. And it's not because your friends suck. It's because the referees that you get at the lower levels are the guys in training. We talked about this recently, how referees are kind of just nerds, generally. They all run around like Bambi. Many referees are very skinny. They run around like Bambi. They never actually played at a high level. But they like the game. They're nerds. you got to be careful. Those are the guys that run like fan accounts. Those are the guys that run fan accounts. Those are the guys that will run blogs. Those are the guys that become journalists. They want to be involved in the game, but they can't play. So they become refs. And what happens is they follow the rules because these are people that just don't have, like, any kind of ability to use nuance, you know? They don't understand nuance ever. So what they do is they, they apply the rules as they're, you know, as they're told, and, and there's lightning in the distance as this game is starting. None of us see it. The referee goes, listen, I'm just informing you guys. We got to start in 30 minutes. I saw lightning. And we're all like, what? Are you fucking shitting me? There's, we see like the clear, uh, you know, it's dusk. We see a pink sky. There's no clouds in the sky. We're not at risk of being under a thunderstorm. You know, like, like the move is you only actually consider the lightning if you hear the thunder. If it's so far that you can't hear the thunder, you never, you never consider it. It doesn't play. I've literally played games in like U18 where there was lightning actively striking as I'm striking a ball, you know, like, like, like in unison. I, it happened once. I, I remember I pinged the ball from left back across the field diagonally. And as I hit it, boom, you could, you, I saw the lightning in the distance. It was cool. And the ref did nothing. At higher levels, they let it happen. It's a rule for seven-year-olds whose mothers were taking them the games. They were like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're letting my son play? There's lightning outside. It's not a real rule. These are people who don't care about soccer. They just, they're just trying to get out, you know? These are wine moms. My son needs something to do. We're going to enlist him in soccer. It's not for people that are still playing. We're all adults. What are we doing here? So I told the ref, dude, you got to do what you got to do. Fine. Apparently, like, the head ref, you know, from the region came by and was like, hey, you guys better not fuck around. There's a field next door. There's a field next to, adjacent to the field that we're playing on. There's a game going on there. Hasn't stopped. And I told the kid, listen, buddy, he's younger than me. I tell him, dude, the ref's gone. I understand that he came. You did what you had to do. If, it, if lightning strikes again, because he's like looking at the sky. He's looking at the sky. Like he wants to get off work. And I'm like, dude, if you call this game, are you getting paid? He's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You have no. They do get paid. He said they didn't. Are you, are you sure? Because I refereed one year when I was younger and they still get paid when, they, uh, when there's lightning or it gets canceled. If you, if you show up to the field and it gets canceled or like there's a missing... The other two referees didn't show up and it gets canceled, you still get paid. So in any event that you show up and the game doesn't take place, you get paid. Cocksucker lied to me then. I, I don't know if that's still the rule, but it was the rule. I'm perfectly content to beat up on him even more than I already am because I, I do not like this kid. So he tells me, no, we don't get paid. So I'm like, well, listen, you got incentive to have this game be played. Do not do this to us. We all fucking booked off a night. This guy's 30 and married, you know? This kid's hungover. This guy's overweight. He's ready to fucking kill himself right now to play. Don't do this to us. 
And he goes, I have, you know, I unfortunately these are out of my circumstances. I'm like, what are you talking to me like a fucking politician for? We're at Benevol in Kirkland at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night in July. And we're playing Div 6 soccer. We all want to play a game here, you know? Do you want to watch a game? Do you want to get your fucking calories in, bro? You're going to run around. What is wrong with you? And he keeps looking at the sky. Every time lightning strikes, beep, he restarts his clock. And at one point, I yelled at him. I was like, dude, stop. What are you doing? And so ultimately, game gets canceled. And he reassures us, don't worry. The game will be postponed. And I will do everything in my power to ensure that I'm the one to ref the game. Don't worry. It'll be like nothing changed. And we're all like, you know, please don't. But then I'm thinking, well, fuck it. We're all here. We have friends who have come to watch us play. Girlfriends are here. Everyone's out. Let's burn calories and sweat. Hey, other team, do you want a scrimmage? They're like, yeah, they're down. They're like 19 years old. Not very good, but they're 19. Whatever, we're going to play them. I'm thinking. Then guys on my team, I turn, they're fucking packing up. Like, nah, sorry, bro. I got work in the morning. 8 o'clock in the morning, I got work. I got to go back to Laval. What? You know? Then, then the goalie's gone because his brother's got work at 8 in the morning and has to go to Laval. And everyone else is like, well, if they're gone, then I'm gone too. And, dude, and I, I, just, I realized, dude, I, you know, I'm giving this whole fucking diatribe, falling on deaf ears, talking about how you guys don't understand what a privilege it is to play fucking football. You know, you guys don't fucking get it. It's a fucking privilege to play football. I'm like Steve McLaren or um, what's his name? Steve Warnock. You got to fucking die to get three points. It's a fucking privilege to play. And they're just like, yeah, bro, listen, uh, we're going to go. I got work. Sorry. We don't play the scrimmage. So I don't care anymore. This is an act of sabotage, what you're witnessing here before you. And uh, we, played that, we played that game. We lost our first game. We lost 3 nothing. I say we, play, we played our first game since we fucking didn't play on Sunday. Lost 3 nothing. Our first loss since... I started playing with them. Brutal, brutal game. So I'm enjoying the summer now. Marlboro Lights. So, in any event, I mean, that happened. That's how my summer's going, bro. That's what's been going on since I got back. Then this weekend, I uh, I was over at, uh, I was with family, and um, I was with family. I, I was wearing a pair of my uh, girlfriend's father's old Umbro shorts from the 90s. Beautiful. Fucking started eating on Dibashed. I fucking spilled red wine and Alich on my fucking pants, bro. I spent half the fucking, half the evening in the kitchen just trying to clean my shirt, dude. I got fucking tomato sauce on a white shirt. Just working the stain out the entire time that I'm over. That's cruel, bro. Bro, this fucking, fucking spicy Calabrian Alich on the white shirt, bro. Fucking hot water, scrubbing it out. Anyway. Before going over to see my family on the weekend, I have a cousin who's now uh, dating a Cuban. He, he actually works with a guy from Cuba. He's a very good guy, my cousin. He's, he's a great Christian, is the, is the word, you know. He's my age. Great kid. Um, he, he works uh, like he's a, he's, a, he's a laborer. And he uh, began working with this Cuban guy who comes back and forth from Cuba to Montreal to make money and send money back to Cuba. I think he was in Miami for a while, so he got U.S. citizenship, has a, you know, had a green card or something, is able to work here now. Why he's doing that, I don't know. Maybe it's more corrupt up here. They'll pay you cash. I don't know. I thought Miami was a pretty corruptible place too. But, you know, I guess there's no shortage of Hispanic labor down there. So he came up here and he began working with my cousin. And uh, another one of my cousins got married a few weeks ago, my cousin's sister. And this Cuban guy was sitting next to me. He invited him to the wedding, you know. 
And I go, hey, what's up, dude? He goes, he goes, hello, I'm Max from Cuba. That's how he introduced himself. I was like, huh, encantado, you know? We're talking. Um, and my cousin later reveals to me, yeah, you know, I've been going back and forth. Max is like fucking niece's friend. Uh, you know, we got a thing going now. I'm dating a Cuban girl and I'm telling him, you know, be careful, watch out. But And, and you know, not two weeks passed before. We're now seeing my family on the weekend and we get told, hey, do you guys have any extra clothes? Um, we got, we know some people in Cuba. You know, there's a, you know, no pressure. One of them's, a, one of them's a medium. One of them's a large. What do you got? I'm like, you know, I thought we we're going over to my uncle's house. Now it's a fucking Cuban clothing drive. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what it's gonna be now. You know, every, every, <laughs> just, just, just fucking, just gonna start sending fucking clothes over down to Cuba in exchange for c cigars and such. I, I don't know, but um, whatever. So um. That's what's been that's what's been going on. My grandfather yesterday was over for dinner. He uh, he's been going through a tough time. My grandmother died a couple of years ago, and you know he's he's a bit of a pessimistic guy by nature. And um, but he, he's got he's found a new uh, will to live. We realize because he found out that when you die in Quebec, they make you have a French birth certificate. Or sorry, a French birth a French death certificate. He found out that when you die in Quebec, your death certificate has to be in French. He's going on about how this is fucking unacceptable and how he wants it in English. And we're like, but you're dead anyway. He goes, well, it's my right. He goes, I want to die with dignity. I want to die my way. And it's like now he found a new will to live. So that's, you know, not everything's down, you know, and down and down and bad, you know. Some people are rediscovering, you know, new, uh, new, new, uh, you know, new things to get them up in the morning. It's good. You know, it's, it's summer, baby, you know. He's over at 9 o'clock at night, it's later, it's still light out, and he's talking about how he doesn't want to have a death certificate in French. For a man who's from Italy, who doesn't even, you know, speak English that well, he speaks it relatively well, but it's not like, he doesn't speak it like, like you or I do. Protecting the English language is very important to him, strangely so. The uh, Italy U19 team won the Euro, the U19 Euro yesterday. I have this to say. Did you watch the game? Yeah. You followed it? I just watched the final yesterday. Good for you. Okay. How did they look? It was a pretty boring game. Not much happened. They scored and then they just sat back. One nothing. Teaching them young. That's good. That's the way we do it. I have this to say. Stop talking about it. Just stop talking about it. In the last day. It, Calcio's back. I saw people say Calcio's back. Yeah, sure. Okay. You know, you know how weird it is to list off every final that an Italian team in some capacity has been a part of in the last two, three months? Just, it, it, like, just assume it's going to happen. It, we're, not, we're not Bulgaria. It's not Bulgarian football. Yeah, Italy make finals. They lose, they win. You know, they're kids. Two of them might wind up playing for Italy, maybe. I, they, they broke the Esp uh, Esposito curse. Yeah, yes, right, right, well, right, the ju junior got another chance to, to play. Well, that's good for him, but again, it, this means nothing to him. He's happy today, and that's it. He's going to try to break into a fucking Serie A team next year. That, 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 that's all. These tournaments mean nothing, but you, you, know, you know that, right? But it's odd. Like, it really, it really, you know what it is? I don't like that we're all pretending that it means something because people are trying to milk content out of it. Calcio's back. Like this post. 
なんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんな The four years between 18, 19, and 23 is a big jump. How about we focus on them? Those are the ones who are like about to take the next step. How did they look? Ah, not great. Oh, okay. So, so what do we make of it? Who cares? Who cares? You know? Is it a surprise? Yeah, you know, we have, we have good young players by global standards. Avant Gould, whatever. You know, what's changed? What would have happened if they lost? What would have happened if they lost? Would people have said, you know, Calcio's, Calcio's not back, bro. Calcio's, Calcio's not back. Oh, another final lost, you know? Gravina out, <laughs> you know? Like, that's the reason he's got to go, because the U19's lost. How about, um, how about we consider the way we do things, not because random teams who make finals lose finals or win finals. You're there, you're there. That's good. How about we actually critique the system because of the fact that You get promoted to City of G now, and you have to fight like hell in the courts for a chance to be allowed to play in City of B for the first time in 50 years because your stadium's not up to par. You know? So we say we don't want the Super League. No Super League. No bueno. No good. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. We want domestic. Artigianale. Provincial. We want local football. And then you get mad at a team for getting promoted, for not having the infrastructure in place. Which one is it, you know? Pull up the article, please, about Lecco and Regina in Serie B. I'm more interested in talking about this right now than Serie A currently, like this summer. This is, this is a more relevant thing, I think, in the grand scheme of things. I'm just going to read the, head, the headline of the article here. What does it say? Just scroll up. Thank you. Regina excluded from Serie B. Lecco allowed in. Right, so recall, there's been a whole thing. We've been talking about this probably more than any of you guys have wanted to hear about this over the last, like, month. But Lecco got promoted to Serie C. Sorry, Lecco got promoted to Serie B from Serie C. After which point, a week passed, and it was revealed that they might not be able to register for some, uh, some reason to do with their infrastructure, I believe, right? Now, um, obviously, like, this, this is not helpful in any way, right? Like, Italian teams, as things stand, are always kind of, they're always just a ticking time bomb. Every team, every club is a ticking time bomb that could just go bust and wind up like having to restart four divisions down for some reason, some arbitrary rule that they broke. You understand, these are not FIFA rules. These are rules that are imposed upon the clubs by the Federation, who can make the rules as they please. Just like the Federation could go after Juventus or not, right? They could allow clubs into a division or not. They set the rules, you know? Now, obviously, it's good to have a standard. It's good to have a standard. Listen, we need a certain standard up here. We don't want people dying in the stadiums. Is that happening? Is that really what's happening here? You know? If they're going to die in City of B, why is it a problem? Like, if it's unsafe for City of B, why is it unsafe for City of G? Obviously, it's not unsafe by, like, fire code standards. You know, if it were unsafe, people would be getting trampled on in the sixth division when they go to watch their local provincial club play. That doesn't happen, right? Like, stuff isn't totally decrepit. It's just gross. It's just unsightly. But, but you know... Should there be any standard? If a team just gets promoted and they can't afford to play, like, it, it, it's kind of, 
It's crazy. You have to then sell off your players, and the team isn't allowed to succeed. The town doesn't get to benefit from it. Now, I think the only reason that Lecco were allowed in was because Regina made it easy on them and went and got themselves into, you know, a heap of trouble. Regina uh, from Reggio Calabria, uh, not the most affluent part of Italy by any stretch. Not the most affluent part of Europe. I mean, you go down to fucking the tip of the boot, Reggio Calabria, you might as well be in, you know, you're in Eastern Europe there. You're in Eastern Europe, you're in Tunisia. It's the same fucking thing. It's the same, the same thing. There's not the same level of development or uh, investment from government. That, that part of the country is totally, like, left desolate, abandoned. And, and um, so now a couple of weeks ago, this is like from a week ago. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, rumbling started, you know, circulating that there might be an issue. And last week it was confirmed that Regina would be demoted to Serie D. They're now fighting tooth and nail, I think, to get a court to overturn the decision so that they could be allowed to play in Serie B. Do you think that's conducive to a successful campaign? In the football season. And I get the sports don't matter. They don't. Like, they don't matter. But, like, if, if it's a thing we like that distracts us from the, you know, our inevitable death and so on. Like, can we at least fucking we, we agree that we care about it? Even though it doesn't matter, right? Like, what's more important, you know? Inflation? Yeah, but no one cares about that, right? Right? <laughs> right? You know? Vapes. How everyone vapes. How we got a real fucking issue. How every kid fucking, you know... Sucks back this 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 toxic like uh, aerosol chemical that tastes like candy. But we don't care about that because we like them and we want to keep using them. So we let the kids use them because they're good for the adults too, right? The fucking people that <laughs> the people that are most at risk are the kids. But it's really everyone that it get you know that it affects, right? Everyone whose lungs that shit touches does get adversely affected by it, right? But you know you want to at least give the kids a chance, maybe not let them start sucking back on it when they're thirteen, you know. But you know to do that to regulate it, then we'd have to kind of acknowledge that it's bad for us too and adults like it because they're fucking lit right so fine fine we don't care about certain things that really matter we agreed right we we agree we've established that like sports don't matter but we, it's the only thing we care about anyway right great so so let's talk about sports like they matter for a sec let's talk about city of b like it matters let's talk about regina like it matters because it doesn't regina could literally that team like could like somebody could plant a like uh 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 um like a bomb just a fucking car bomb that could malfunction and blow up the... Like, say, like, there's, like, an Endrangheta hit, and one guy wants to go after some, um, you know, some club executive. He wants to send a message, and he wants to kill him or something. He wants to fucking firebomb him. For some reason, there's, like, a gas leak, uh, you know, in the air at the training ground, and the entire training ground... Like, the entire training ground blows up, and it kills every single player that the club currently has on its books and every youth player. It does not change anything in the grand scheme of things in the world, right? We agree on that, right? Like, nothing, like, it doesn't change the fact that there are kids in the Philippines who don't have clean water and that are getting, like, fucking, like, sex trafficked and so on. However, however, now that we've kind of just really firmly established that Regina Calcio don't matter at all, we could still at least care about them to an extent, right? So, so, do you think it's good for them right now that the players, currently, I think Inzaghi, Pippo Inzaghi's the coach. He doesn't know if he's fucking coaching in Serie D or Serie B next year. I think he's holding out in the hope that the appeal is successful. If it's not, he's not coaching in City of D. They're out, you know, they're without a coach, right? God knows when the City of D season starts. They got to then start playing. Like, it's it's odd. It's very odd. It's kind of, it's the only real country that this happens, and it happens every year to a different club. It happens incessantly. It never fucking ends. And and here's the kicker. Now, here's why I really want to focus on this. Because, yes, it's good that Leco now got a chance to, you know, get bumped up to City of B. It's only because Regina, I think, are getting demoted. So, you know, tit for tat, 
the seesaw kind of evens out. There's like no net benefit here. It's net zero. There's still a fucked up thing that's happening, which is a club is getting relegated for a fucked up reason. Okay, so you just want to zoom in here. Okay, so Regina have right. Regina have pledged to fight in every level of appeal open to them after they were excluded from the 2023-2024 City of B season, but Lecco were admitted after an initial rejection. Which makes no sense, by the way. Who's rejecting and then and then accepting? You, you, you know how do how do you how do you get a decision flipped like that on a whim in a week? In a week, Dilo. A week. What the fuck changed? Financial irregularities. Regina, they're down. Okay, so both clubs had originally been denied licenses. You need a license to register. Okay, for the City of B tournament. And the Consiglio Federale gave its verdict this afternoon. This is a week ago. Leco had been ruled out for not having a stadium up to code. As the Rigamonti Ceppi is undergoing restructuring work. That's their stadium. But have been given permission to use the Stadio Eugano. Not Eugenio. Eugano in Padova. Despite handing in the paperwork late. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. The paperwork was handed in late because the fucking guy, the secretary was, you know... He had to take a two-hour lunch break that day to fucking have fucking spaghetti alle olio with his fucking with his fucking bib on at Trattoria da Mario to meet his boy, right? Say, hey, you know, I gotta I gotta go have my fucking pasta and cigarette because if I don't, then Mario will be mad. Hey, it's just my routine. It's what I do, you know. You gotta help yourself a little bit, right? But it's Lecco. Lecco's like on Lago di Como, like it's in like that region there with all the great lakes. It's beautiful up there. If you lived up there too, you'd want to take it easy, also. You agree? Okay, great. As for Regina, the club was excluded for financial irregularities and unpaid debts as the takeover from English fund Guild Capital was outside the time limits. So a capital group was going to take over and handle their debts. By the way, every club has debts, outstanding debts. That's a horseshit fucking, that's a horseshit fucking excuse. Now, again, a... a you exclude them when you have no way to pay your debts. If someone's coming and saying, listen, we'll pay. You extend the deadline. Why Why? Why is this the fucking thing you want to be principled on? It's insane. It does not change anyone's life. It's not like there's another team that's getting included at their expense. In this case, it is happening because Lecco were getting excluded anyway. But that's a fucked up case. Normally, if you're just in isolation, a club who has unpaid debts and somebody comes in, you know, after the deadline and says we'll take care of it to relegate them does not actually help out any other team in this case it does because let go we're kind of on the fence and i think the lega said you know what it's a marriage of convenience let them up let them down but financial irregularities i've talked about this before i, I mean financial irregularities in city of b football in calabria who'd have thunk it you know what do we think what do we think we're doing here you know it's not a casino. Financial irregularities raises a red flag. It, it, this doesn't matter. There's, there's, there's no other stakeholders in this fucking operation other than the people that work for the team. That, that's it, right? Financial irregularities. Financial irregularities have relegated a club to City of D. Down two divisions. That's the thing. They get relegated down to like the fucking amateur ranks. I never understood how the arbitrary decision-making process um, is, 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 is 
you know, come to, it doesn't make sense to me how you can wind up going down from B to D. I think it's because Chi is still professional and they want you to have to restart in the amateur ranks. I literally think that's it, or you have to go down to professional. It's the standard. Like Padma had to go down to Serie D, for example, a number of years ago. But again, financial irregularities is an insane premise on which to exclude a team from a league when that league is Italy. What do we think we're doing here? Who do we think this is? You know what the fucking thing you do when you run an Italian football club is? You know what you fucking do when you run an Italian football club? Okay, here's what you do. You check if there's any uh, match fixing that is occurring on a rampant basis. And if there is no evidence of any match fixing regularly occurring that you could prove and have documented evidence of. Not rumblings and you know that it's kind of a thing. It's like, a, like, like an open secret. No. If you don't have actual like proof that's been leaked to the press. Because by the way, if you have proof, you know what you do? You delete the text. You don't fucking go public with that, you know? If you're like, 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 uh, you know. A regulator. Because if you had to do that, maybe this is what we're actually seeing. Who knows how often, you know, shit actually does get swept under the rug. But you got to think that it's happening all the fucking time. And you are seeing shit like this happen every year, right? So, who knows how regular this actually fucking does happen. I think it happens a lot more than it does. You probably do have people that turn a blind eye sometimes. I'm saying turn a blind eye all, like, turn a blind eye all the time. Turn a blind eye all the time, without exception. 100% of the time. Okay. So what you do is you check to see if there's any documented proof of match fixing occurring at the club in question. And if there's not, you know what you do? You say a fucking prayer. You thank Mother Mary. You thank your lucky fucking stars. You say, Grazie a di, mannaggia la madonna. I thought this was going to be fucking way worse than it is. By God, it's not. Thank Christ. You're good. That's it. That's it. You know, financial irregularities. Juventus had financial irregularities, by the way. They're still playing in Serie A. The stake, it's, 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 you understand that it's an arbitrary, I want you to look at me here. This is, I, I'm, I know I'm wearing sunglasses, I'm looking into your eyes. I'm talking to you, Dilo. It, it, it's, an, it's an entirely arbitrary decision-making process which they make up on the fly according to how they feel for any given situation. There is no playbook or constitution that they're following. Why, why was it 10 points? Why wasn't it 15 Well, points? right, why that's a whole other thing. Points? But but why not relegation? To D, not to B, to D. Financial irregularities. Well, how bad do the irregularities have to be in order for you to get relegated two divisions or one? Because what, what? it seems to be that if you're in B and you have an issue, they just say, get out of professional football. Go down to D. Get fucked, you know? This also happened, at, I think this happened at Reggiana. At Reggiana a couple years ago. Happened at Parma a couple years ago. Happened at Palermo. Um, it's the only country where this happens as regularly as it does. Do you think that Brazilian football is clean? How do you think the finances look in Brazilian football? In a word or less. They don't have finances. They're probably dealing drugs. You're trying to be clever now, but sure. Sure. Honestly. Yeah. Maybe. Third division? Second division? Yeah. Sure. I think they're corruptible. How do you... I'm going to ask you again. One word, okay? How do you think the finances... What do you think the state of financials and accounting, that's a weird way of wording it. What do you think the state of Brazilian football clubs is financially, just overall? Awful. 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 Sure. Why do you not hear, does this happen in Brazilian football? Maybe it does. I don't know. I feel like it doesn't because I think they actually care more in Brazil. I actually think that they, because football really is important in Italy, but it's really important in Brazil to the point that like, I actually think that these clubs kind of would, um, 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 you know, these clubs going like tits up would actually, um, 
I think you would have a lot like uh, like like you'd you have people that are you'd have men that are suicidal in the respective towns, you know? Because in Brazil, I don't know that they have like especially in these like smaller towns in like the fucking, you know, in the Sao Paulo League. Because you know how they have like the different championships in like different states? The Sao Paulo State Championship, if you have these like state clubs in Sao Paulo, okay, Sao Paulo's a huge city. I think they have a population of like twenty million people. It's insane. There's not the same culture as there is in Europe of everyone kind of getting up and going to work in the same way. It's a little bit different. I think it's a lot more like based around like from what I've understood than like vice documentaries before they went weird. Like I think they kind of just uh, work to live and, and survive um, to an extent that actually does exist in large swaths of, you know, the European continent, but, but, but certain parts, but, but. I do think that there's a bit more of a balance of like um, broadly, you know, um, work, life, pleasure. There's a different work-life balance in Europe than there is here, but I think there's a balance that football slips into. I think in Brazil, it just is a larger piece of the pie for a lot of these people. Literally, like I think some of these clubs in some cases are just fucking are, are taking kids out of poverty or taking kids out of, um, you know, hardship. I don't know if they're taking them out of poverty, but they're like taking them fucking off the streets or like out of like really hard backgrounds and fucking giving them like a ball and giving them like a meal, like simple shit, but it really, you know, it, it really does. I, th I think the stakes are higher in Brazilian football. So maybe it doesn't happen as often. I, I, you know, I don't know. Seeing, what are you, what are you looking up here? What are you not? Sorry. I'm asking, I know I'm asking you to, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a crazy thing I'm asking to research here, but Brazilian football clubs that go bust or something like that. Bankruptcy, Brazilian football club bankruptcy. There's no chance that it happens at the same rate as it does in Italy. You know why that probably is? And I'm not saying that we should like model ourselves off of Brazil and look at them as being like, like the beacon of like, you know, hope that they're not the gold standard in, in football club management, I don't think by any stretch. But I think they at least have an idea of who they are. They acknowledge who they are and they're like, you know what, we're not gonna try to fucking overcorrect here and overregulate, you know? Italians should not try to be German. They should be Italian and say, corruption, okay, vabbè, that's it. Found a story here on Cruzeiro. Wait, 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 wait. What is this from a year ago? Ronaldo holding up a Cruzeiro dress. This is not what I'm talking about. No, so there's nothing. If you look up Italian clubs going bankrupt, they're everywhere, okay? Don't bother, just, yeah, just, let's just accept my premise as being 100% true, and that's it. Let's not fucking try to, like, disprove it here. But, but you know, that's the real issue in Italian football now. Not that the U20s lost or the fucking, you know, Inter lost the Champions League final. Calcio was back, and then it wasn't. No, 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 no. You know when Calcio's back? Calcio's back when you don't have any fucking teams that are going tits up anymore. And corruption is running rampant, and they're saying, it's okay. It's okay. How about under City? Yeah, we don't care about anything that happens ever. <laughs> Just as a rule. Y you know? You hold the City A clubs to a standard that is a little bit more important because there's like big TV money behind them, you know? City of B and below, we do not care. City of Chi and below, we don't care. City of B and below, I would even say, just let it happen. It's not, you cannot police it. We've seen it. We've seen like players come through the, and it's also it's also good because you do see players come through the ranks of City of B clubs and then wind up playing for the national team or playing for City A clubs and so on. What it does is it builds character. It exposes them to the reality, I think, of Italian football overall. And and yeah, I think it's too uh, like fundamentally fucked up to try to correct through regulation.
If you are gonna do that, have a gold standard. Or just have a consistent standard. Have it written somewhere. In the... In the, you know, fucking... Legislation. I don't know, man. Speaking of Brazil, do you see that, uh, do you see that fucking Carlo Ancelotti? This is another issue, by the way, in Italian football. You might argue. We do produce a lot of really good coaches. Um... My dog is barking on the inside. He wants to come out right now. We're outside. Should I Should I let him out? Miguel. Mikey. He's got his AirPods in. Fucking futile. Poor dog. All right, pause. All right, we're back. I had to let the dog out because my brother's smoking weed next to us. And I think my dog... Um, I think he... I think my dog has a drug problem. I'm serious. I, I think he... Look, look at him. I think he likes getting contact high. Whenever my brother smokes, he goes, <laughs> he, he runs right up to where he is. And last night he was like jonesing, dude. My brother was out and I think he just, it was as, you know, night started to fall, which is around the time when he'll typically smoke. Um, my dog started to kind of like pace around the house a little frantically. And what he was trying to do was he was trying to like go upstairs and we'd be like, what are you doing? And we'd let him go upstairs. And he'd run over to my brother's room. He was like looking for Mike. He was looking for my brother. Then we'd let him outside. And we'd let him downstairs. And he'd try to run to the back door. He'd like, which is where he chills outside a lot of the time, right? I think he was like, I need a fucking hit. I need a fucking hit. I need a fucking hit right now. And he was just fucking scratching on the door. So, so, so here he is. Getting his buzz on, I guess. Because it's the day now. But, you know, my brother's on summer vacation. So he's fucking, that's it. So. My bro, my dog's like, hey, is it happening now? All right, fucking hey, let's go. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> Anytime, any place, anywhere. Um, so, I mean, we're talking about Ancelotti taking over, taking over as the manager of Brazil. Um, okay, so this is a weird one. Um, we talk about the Italian national team quite a fair bit. I, uh, I, I've, I've talked about Mancini in a relatively positive light or I've kind of held him in a really in a relatively positive light I've, I've talked about him in a, in a positive tone I mean to say um, and I think that's merited I think he kind of deserved a shot after the World Cup failure crazily enough Did, were you mad that he stayed on after the World Cup not really because I know what he's capable of but I don't know I had mixed feelings I, I thought it felt weird I was like, I, I was like, you know, I get why he's sticking around. I get why they want him to stick around because they cannot possibly fathom having to start a new project again, because it's emotionally draining to think about. Because a couple years prior, when he took over, that's what he was meant to spearhead. You know, a new wave. And I think by not qualifying for the World Cup, it definitely closed the parenthesis there and it kind of made pretty clear that the wave was over. It was, a, you know, four, it was three and a half years. It was a good run, four years. They won something. Usually when something like that happens, it's pretty clearly time to move on. But he was convinced to stay despite probably wanting to leave, I think. Maybe because he's a man of honor or maybe because he was just exasperated or maybe because he saw the writing on the wall. You know? Maybe he didn't like who was in the pipeline and thought, fuck, I have to keep running with these players. 
and obviously these players weren't good enough to get the World Cup, but I don't think that's what it was. I thought he actually believed in the players. I think we're seeing that because they're all he's still using. It's a lot of the same bodies. But, you know, it felt weird to still have him around after the uh, the World Cup. I think we all agree. And again, I don't know that any of you guys were mad at it. I wasn't mad at it, but it felt weird. It was just a very odd situation overall. But then, you know, as the last year has kind of panned out, I think we've seen that there's still a lot to be desired, and you wonder how long it will be able to kind of continue that he stay around as coach and that we continue to compete in tournaments. You know, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about the Euro next year. I don't know how I feel about Euro qualification even, you know, this point. But it's not like we're a country who has one great coach. We have many, and it's like hesitating and not turning over has kind of fucked us over a lot in most areas. Like with players, we're seeing it now maybe with coaches. It's hard to say. You could still like the guy. You could still like Roberto Mancini, but you kind of have to agree that it's gone a little stale. It might... You know, we might have done well to get a guy like Ancelotti. Here's the thing. Ancelotti's still coaching Real Madrid. He's only going to take over them in a year after the Euro. You think that if Mancini has a successful Euro campaign, they'll stick around? I mean, maybe, but I think what becomes weird now is considering what comes next after the Euro. He's the guy who's going to lead them to the Euro now, unless something horrible happens and they feel like they have to fire him, which is not ideal. That's not best-case scenario. If they're doing that, it's because it's like a crisis management measure you know if less than a year leading up to the tournament they get rid of the guy who won the last one who they stuck with after he didn't qualify for the world cup it's like at this point they're all in on him for them to get rid of him would be crazy now so he's gonna be there until july 2024 at least one year from today then what if we win the euro are we then hot on him again and say great he's the guy we need him in the world cup or do we say he's one two go away there's like this personal individual like element to it that comes in then where you say I've achieved a lot I cannot achieve more but then you're selfish or you're also you know egotistical or narcissist you know narcissistic maybe you're when you win two tournaments you might think fuck we can win another one it's like hey there are a lot of other good coaches maybe this fucking team needs new blood even if they win that's the crazy psychotic thing but that, that that's what that's the crazy psychotic thing that a lot of really good teams do is that they're turning players over constantly just just um We've talked. Well, we've talked about this before. It's not just in sports; it's, it's in anything. You, the, the need to innovate is is n- never ending. So you really missed out on a big opportunity now to uh, to get a guy like Carlo Ancelotti because you know he's starting in twenty twenty four. It's probably the end of his you know club management, his club management career, right? And then 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 what? You know he's going to be there at least two years, a full cycle, probably till the World Cup, and you would think beyond. By the time he's done there, he might never coach Italy. You know, and that's a real missed opportunity. He might, but if he is coaching us, he might be like way past when you'd have wanted him to. You know, it is weird how you can. We've talked about this before, also. It's weird how you can coach any country, though. Like as an Italian guy without citizenship from another country, you can coach that country. It's weird. Like, like FIFA have naturalization laws for players, but not for coaches. I, I get that it doesn't really make a difference, but at that point, then why, why have rules for players? I get that you've got to draw the line somewhere, but it's, it is kind of peculiar that they draw it at players and they say everyone else, you know, can be anything. 
Like, what about a doctor or a physio? Like, you know, then it gets a little weird. That's when it gets a little fucking, uh, you know, and that's when it gets a little fucking, like, Nazi militant. We only want Italian doctors. We only want the German doctor, you know, and then, then it's actually, you know, he's Turkish, but he's born in Italy. He's, he's born in Germany, but he's a Turk, so we wouldn't really want him. We only want, you know, I don't know. It's, you got to draw a line somewhere, right? Right, but it is a little odd. Maybe it's when, it, like, the salaries get into... Right, the players don't. Right, the, salary, right, yeah, it's, it is a job. Yeah, it's a good point. But again, FIFA can make the rules as they see fit. You know, the coach and the coaching staff have to be from that place. It, it gets to be problematic when you're talking about Tonga or San Marino. Maybe if you have a population above a certain level, then, you know, I, I don't know. Leapy went to coach China, no? He did go to coach China. Well, you not want that guy to make his bag again. Like it's, it's cool. Didn't didn't Cannavaro also coach the Chinese I think team? So. I think it was China also. Did he coach the Chinese oh. national team, or was it, I think he coached a team in China? Fucking he made a lot of money doing it. I think he only coached in China, bro. God, what a fucking player he was, man. You know what's crazy to me is that we won the World Cup. Without Alessandro Nesta. We never really got like a full. I don't think we ever really got a fully healthy Nesta and Cannavaro together for like a long stretch of tournament, did we? He, he coached the China team for two games. He, he coached them for two games. Okay, so he was like probably an assistant under Lippi. I think he might have been, if I recall correctly. I don't know that we ever got Nesta and Cannavaro for a long tournament. In 2004, were they both the starters? They probably might have been. I don't know, but. Yeah, Alessandro Nesta played like two games and won the World Cup in 2006. He wasn't even in that team, man, you know? Dude, I, <laughs> I got a story about Alessandro Nesta. <laughs> so you know how Alessandro Nesta used to play in Montreal? Um, he used to play for the Impact, the MLS team here. And it was like his last, I think, gig before retiring. He was, uh, you know, he was uh, kind of at the end of the line. He might have been like 38 years old when he came over here, bro. So... It's safe to say he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't as, um, I think, stressed about the, you know, the responsibilities that come with being a player to represent a club when representing the Montreal fucking impact, you know. He's from Rome. He represented Lazio. He represented Milan for a number of years. He was a Champions League winner, played for the Italian national team, and then he comes to fucking Montreal, you know. He could do no wrong. Because if you're if you're Alessandro Nesta and you come to Montreal, the only people that recognize you are soccer fans who are just excited to see you, and Italian men who are just excited to see another Italian person from Italy. Alessandro, tu sei italiano? Pur a me. Io pur. No, anche io pur. A me too, bro. A me too, I'm Italian, bro. You know. So I got a story about Nesta. Um, when he was in Montreal. He used, to, he used to be this guy, I think, whose cafe he'd always go into. He found, like, this Italian cafe or bar that he would go into to have an espresso in the morning or whatever. And he began interacting with the other people that would, like, go there. And there was this one old Italian man who would frequent that establishment all the time. I think his name might have been Salvatore. Yes, Sal. I think his name, it been something. I think his name was Sal. And this old man started to befriend Nesta. 
they kind of would chat all the time and and uh you know they became buddies because people nesta's age don't really speak italian as well as the older men here right who are the ones who tended to have been the ones to who immigrated right and then one day this fucking guy comes to nesta in the cafe says hey come out to the car i gotta show you something i got something for you and nesta's like all right let's go and the fucking guy pulls up you know to the cafe opens up his trunk and he's got like a box of figs. And he goes, you like, you like figs? It's from my tree. I brought you figs from my fig tree in St. Leonard. And Nesta was like, oh, thanks. It's very nice of you. And he, you know, he ate a fig and he said, oh, these are good. You know, I'll take a box. And then he used to, you know, he had the long hair, right? He used to go to the practice facility, right? He'd be one of the last ones on the field. And he would, he would walk on as he's about to start training with a fucking fig. He'd be eating a fig. Just fucking gently brushing his hair over his ear. Eating one of fucking Sal's figs. He would go... <laughs> it was some guy. Some guy would just give him fucking figs. And he would eat them on the practice field. Every day he'd fucking eat figs in the morning. From this fucking guy who became like, I don't know, like an uncle to him or whatever. <laughs> Just, you know, like, like, and, and you know, you know, these pages are really like these, these, these Italian comedy, these Italian content pages are a lot. They're a lot, you know, like this. If you fucking love your nonna, like the, you know, what's better? Cannelloni fucking lasagna, you know, chicken parm or fucking, you know, they, they always throw in like an Italian American thing, fucking chicken parm. You know, or Managot. Go off in the comments. You know, as as bad as that is, as much as that's enough to make you want to fucking end it all, right? Fucking tie a brick to your ankle and just jump into a 12-foot pool and not come out. There is a little bit of charm to some of these stories about, like, actual, like, just regular behavior, standard behavior. Hey, you want a fig? Yeah, have some figs. Oh, thanks, I'm fucking... I always like when I catch myself doing that, you know? If I catch myself out in the world, like, eating, like, a fucking persimmon or something, eating fucking khaki in, like, the fucking month of December, I have fucking people come over, hey, you want fruit? What the fuck is that? It's a fucking khaki, you know? It is great to kind of, you know, still have a little bit of that sometimes, a little bit of that kind of... Just a culture, you know? As much as we shit on it. You know? culture the, the thing with culture is it like kind of goes away you know it, it comes and goes or it changes i should say you know it's dynamic you know and, and a lot of these people that kind of want to cling to italian culture are clinging to ideas that like don't really necessarily exist it's, it's a little odd to kind of just say italian food ah it's, it's what i am bro you know, like just evolve you know clinging to these fucking ideas bro it's, it's what they used to do you know there are going to be people one day who still cling to, like, Italian soccer as a concept like that. Because it is dying. It is dying. Like, uh, Milinkovic Savic, who's 28. It's getting crazier and crazier now. You know, we're starting to get into players in their prime. Milinkovic Savic just left Lazio. All these fucking years of rumors of him going to Juve. Where does he go? Saudi Arabia. What club? Who knows? Who cares? No one knows. Saudi Arabia. Um... What do you think would happen if there was a club with financial irregularities in Saudi Arabia? 
It's not a thing there. Well, right, because money doesn't exist there. Well, I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you what would happen. Government funded. No? Well, I'll tell you what would happen. Yeah, uh, they, they just go. Sorry, uh, these are my wire details. Problem solved. Debt gone. That's it. You pick the winners and losers. You kind of have to do that to an extent, man, if you want to have a league that kind of survives. There, I don't know if you talked about. It. Is there promotion and relegation there? There must be. There must be. But, you know, I'm sure there there are teams that would definitely be above it. Like if a team got like if Ronaldo's team just started losing games. And was at risk of relegation. They wouldn't let it happen, bro. Like, think about it. You know what? Like, so you know how I was talking about how sports don't actually matter, right? They don't. And what that means is, when sports, um, actual sporting meritocratic outcomes can affect society or a country in a negative way, the big boys come in and say, all right, fun's over, party's over, we can't let this happen. Ronaldo's about to get fucking relegated. That would never happen. They would never let it happen. I understand it's not very likely he plays for one of the better teams in the country. Just him playing on that team makes it unlikely that he'll lose any given game because he scores, like, a goal a game there now. Okay, but, but again, like, so there is relegation. Okay, great. But, yeah, Ronaldo, see, this is the weird thing about it now. I'm actually curious to see if they are going to try to come in over the top and try to pick winners and losers. Because, again, this is like a fun game for them that has to have a certain ending and outcome, you know? This is like for strategic purposes. This isn't just, oh, we like sports. This is fun. Spirit of the game. Let's see what happens. No, 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 no. This exists to bring about social and economic prosperity to Saudi Arabia, you know? If Benzema's team is getting relegated, no, they're not. There, it's not happening. You might have to have. You might just have to have a couple teams who are like not even allowed to fucking sign big players. You just got to keep a couple teams broke. Very simple. You hack into their fucking bank account. You fucking rob them of their money. There, financial irregularities. Good luck. Figure it out. You know, the, the problem is in Saudi Arabia. The fucking you know the fucking GM, fucking sporting director is probably loaded. He'll just fucking start like, you know, leveling his own funds into the club. You got you got to just behead all of them. You got to fucking sign into every one of their fucking bank accounts and fucking drain them. Say you're dead. You're gone. Good luck. That's what I think is going to happen. And then, like, the clubs that are allowed to win, they'll compete among each other. But again, like, that's what is going to yield, I think, a more successful league in the grand scheme of things. I, I don't know. It's almost like Italy's too corrupt for its own good, meaning that, which that is, I guess that, that that's not even, like, a crazy statement. Italy's too corrupt for its own good. You hear that and you go, yeah, it probably checks out, right? Like, I see no lies, right? You hear that and you probably think, yeah, sure, it checks out. But think about it. It's a country that kind of has... Um, just fundamental, like, behavioral issues. Like, in terms of productivity, you know, particularly, like, a lot of these football clubs, which are just, like, ultimately, they're small operations. They're small businesses. They're not, like, it's not, like, big, you know, it's not, like, fucking, it's not big business. Football's not really big business, ultimately. There's business that exists within the world of football. Contracts get signed. TV deals. But, but TV is a big business. Football club itself. Football club does not equal Big business. It equals small business. So, it gets run like shit, you know. I, 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 you know, not all of them, but a lot of, you know, many, a number of them get run like shit. They effectively get run into the ground, and then you have an issue where it's like, okay, this is happening regularly. How do we handle this? I get that, like, you could take a principled stance and say, we need to, like, prevent this sort of thing from happening because it's bad when a club incurs debt and players can't get paid, for example, and they can't invest in their stadium and people are dying, falling through, like, bleachers in the stadium that are made of wood from 1952, you know? But, but 
like when it's that widespread, you gotta you gotta paint with a broader brush. You gotta find a better way of 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 addressing and tackling the issues. You can't just arbitrarily try to punish teams in a way that you think is gonna be beneficial. Where you say, "Great, like we're 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 bringing the hammer down on them." It's like it doesn't tend to do. It often doesn't tend to do a lot. You say that, maybe listen. Will Palermo get you know? What, what's the likelihood that Palermo, who have like clawed their way back up almost to City, either in City of Bina, what's the likelihood that they don't go through hard times again? Now, probably pretty low because they got bought out by the City group. But it's like, it's like the only solution is you get bought out by like a foreign person. It's the Italian agents that are the issues. If you have like a lone wolf who buys an Italian football club, he's probably just insane. And he does not run it correctly, generally. That's actually the fundamental issue. Is the guys that run them are just, you know, just kind of turkeys. But you kind of have to accept it for what it is. got to say, listen, how many clubs are there? 40 in City A and City of B? How many of them are run by turkeys? 27? Sorry. We're in the turkey business. Fucking clog clog, baby. It's fucking Thanksgiving. You know, like, it's, you adapt. You adapt. Anyway. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. This was, uh, this was cool. I enjoyed this. Thanks for, uh, Thanks for uh, thanks for watching throughout the summer, man. We uh, you know hopefully are gonna have a few fun things lined up in the weeks to come. Just for laughs is going on in Montreal. I'm hoping to maybe be able to kind of just bring in a few guys uh, who who are cool. Um, so that'll be cool. That will be cool. So follow me if you haven't at uh, I'm Sam Adamo on any platforms. And uh, yeah, that's it, Dilo. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming out, man. Thanks for uh, you know thanks for um, asking me to open a pack of cigarettes. You fucking fiend. Shaking his head no. Well, you know, he said, she said. And uh, yeah, listeners, we'll catch you soon. Enjoy the outro. A la próxima. Till next time. Ciao. Peccata in discoteca con lo sguardo da serpente. Io mi sono avvicinato. Lei già non capiva niente. L'ho guardata, ma guardato. E mi sono scatenato Freda stera al mio confronto Era statico e imbranato Le ho sparato un bacio in bocca Uno di quelli che schiocca Sulla pista di avolata Lì per lì l'ho strapazzata L'ho lanciata, riafferrata Senza fiato l'ho lasciata Con le braccia mi è cascata Era cotta innamorata Per i fianchi l'ho bloccata E mi ha fatto marmellata Oh yeah Si dice così no? E poi, e poi